2: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable po- Podcast. I was about to say poo-cast for some reason. That was a great way to start out this episode. I've got Matt with hey, me set on set the bar kind of,
0: low. Set the yeah, bar low. You
2: know, I do like setting the bar low. You know, that way you're always exceeding expectations. Uh, I've obviously, as you just heard, got Matt there if you're not watching live. We are going to talk about uh, all of the deals that are fantasy relevant for offense uh, today. I've got quite a few deals. And then we're going to talk about or finish talking about whatever tight ends uh, that have not signed yet There's the last part of the offensive positions that we've not got to talk about yet, where we think they should go, uh, where the best fits are for them. So, Matt, how are you doing on this beautiful Monday?
0: You know, uh, it's been interesting. I've left my house one time since the last time we were on a podcast. Uh, we went to dance lesson and picked up lunch on Friday and then uh, snowpocalypse set in. Uh, some yeah. places it really, it really varied here. I, I would be curious to see how much your parents got. I know uh, I saw Lindsay's where her work, where my wife's work is. Yeah. They got about three feet in drifts, you know, cause it was blizzard conditions. Uh, DIA got 27 and a half inches. We didn't get that much snow, but it blew all around and made some drifts. So that's been kind of fun. You know, everybody had snow days between that the time change and then today was the oscar nomination so i got up uh probably about the same time as you this morning so i could hop on Shit. uh with ricky and jacob and our friend amanda and watch them live because they go at 5 a.m pacific so yeah i'm not sure what day it is i'm looking forward to leaving my house i've been in my house for at least 72 hours at this point
2: yeah, I saw a ball. I'll have to send you the video. My dad posted a video of him looking out his uh, his f- uh, front window and just like the drifts and the way the snow was uh, go. I think they got like up to 40 mile per hour winds or something yesterday or something like that. Like 50, it was 50. Yeah, That's, he, they he, tagged
0: he, us with the blizzard warning because we were getting slammed. It was probably between 40 and 60 for about 12 hours yesterday. Golly.
2: Yeah, I uh, I will definitely uh, send you that video. He posted it. But yeah, they, I saw obviously all the stuff that you were posting. They were posting because they're all obviously sitting there. I mean, I will say lucky for them. And I assume you at least you guys did not lose power. So that that is the one no, good yeah. thing. But I heard a lot yeah. of people in Colorado did. So obviously Especially northern is-
0: Colorado. Uh, Some place in Cheyenne recorded 52 and a half inches of snow, which is more than four feet. <sighs> Golly, so
2: yeah, that's uh definitely not fun for you guys, but hopefully that will that will clear up soon, but hey, at least we've got some n f l news we can talk about, so maybe that'll you know if you're uh, you know down in the dumps and just sitting in your house as Matt is doing you get bring a little bit of a uh, sunshine to you there not much really uh Broncos news to talk about unfortunately, but although you know, we that,
0: did just sign Shelby Harris, and I have to say I'm I did see that about yes. that.
2: All right, so Very let's start excited. with the uh, with the first deal that happened um uh, I guess technically it was late yesterday. Uh, was it late last night? I don't know. It came
0: out I think it was I feel Sunday, like it was wasn't Midday. It? Yeah, Aaron Jones.
2: Yes, Aaron Jones. So, he signed a 4-year, 48 million dollar deal to return with the Packers. He did say as did his agent. I'm pretty sure the Packers confirmed it that he actually took less money that was offered to him by other teams to stay with Green Bay. He wanted to come back, which I think is huge. Uh, I did see yeah. some people talking about him setting the market for running backs. I actually think some of the better running backs, a la like a Nick Chubb, uh, who could get paid uh, next year, will get more money in this because, again, Aaron Jones decided to take less money I think this is awesome. You know, I, we talked about this a little bit with the running backs. uh, And I know I said this on, I did the, as you can see in my right behind me, I was able to jump on for Austin uh for the, on the campus to Canton podcast last week. And I said, the only place I think would have increased Aaron Jones value was the 49ers. I did not think him going to Miami would be that great for him and his value. I love that. He's staying here in green Bay. I actually think AJ Dillon, Still has some life and fantasy as well. Everybody else seems to be riding him off as dead. But let's start with the Aaron Jones side first. Your thoughts on him re-signing with the Packers?
0: I had Aaron Jones at RB9 before he signed. I don't see him moving. If anything, he may go up. Seems like... Jamal Williams kind of officially indicated he's not coming back. And there's also reports from – it was either Jones' agent or somebody on his camp that part of him taking less money and coming back to the Packers was a promise that he'd be the feature back. And I think that is where okay. some of the – so I don't think A.J. Dylan's value is dead, but I think all those people that thought he was going to be Derrick Henry or some kind of feature yeah. back, that died.
2: Yeah, that that part of it I can see, but I mean, I I talked about it on Twitter last night, and I don't have time to go back and search my Twitter feed, and I don't think I can pull it up quick enough. Actually, I can. So Jamal Williams... Yeah, uh, His biggest year was 153 rushes, although that was the year that Aaron Jones dealt with a lot of injuries. So the next highest was one. He's got 121, 107 and 119. So he's been fair. You know, that's not bad for, I guess you could say, what is a backup running back or was a backup there with Aaron Jones? Cause so a lot, right.
0: I think what you, I think the fundamental difference though, to me between Dylan and Williams is Williams seemed to be a bigger impact in the passing game. Yes. You know, he seemed to take targets and, and things like that. I never really picture Dylan specifically as a pass catcher. So I think that's where people are concerned. He could get a hundred carries. I wouldn't be yeah. incredibly surprised about that, but you know how how much how, how much is the ceiling there? You know, what is what is he going to average as a runner? If they yeah. truly are telling Aaron Jones that they're going to make him a feature back, I still don't think he's a 300-carry a season guy. And he doesn't need 300 carries to be a top-five RB, as we've seen. I think his top carries were like 190, 200, uh, maybe?
2: 236 is the most. That was uh, two years mm-hmm. ago. Or last year, 2019, two years ago.
0: Yeah, so, I mean... I think they'll split that part. It's it's does Dylan get any of the passing game or do they end up getting somebody else uh, that can play that kind of third down back? Give Jones a spell. See, I don't think they will. I
2: I think Jones is going to get more of that, that Williams role now too. And, and I I don't doubt that they told him he was going to be that back, but We've never even we've never really seen that. It's been quite a long time. We're talking all the way back to, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, maybe a mod green. Eddie Lacey had a year or two where he was really like the bell cow for the Packers. So I think it's gonna be close to the same. And and that was the point I was gonna get to, though, with uh with Dylan, is you know, say that Jones gets close to what he did in 2019, which is his most and he played in all 16 games, 236 carries, and then A.J. Dillon comes in and still gets the 120 to somewhere, maybe even 130 Ks. I still think that has some fantasy value in that offense. I understand he's not going to get the catches like Jamal Williams was. But again, also, if Aaron Jones gets hurt, which he has in the three seasons he's played, he's played one full healthy season, that's still a lot of value for A.J. Dillon in that offense can catch the ball now. He's you're right. He's not Jamal Williams, but he still can't catch the ball. So I don't think AJ Dylan is dead. I think he's probably uh, at best a high upside RB three.
0: There was a lot of people that were you know, especially after and Jones didn't get the franchise tag, that were out there. I saw some people have AJ Dylan as a top ten dynasty well, running back. Yeah, we we didn't. Yeah, uh, I mean. I honestly have Dylan in the thirties and I probably am not moving him that much either because he's not out of it. He's just not the bell cow back. Yeah. And I think that's where some people made moves this season, like thinking they were acquiring, you know, that they sent a second round pick for AJ Dylan thinking this was going to pan out to be a top 10 running back and everybody was going to look stupid. Sometimes that works out. Sometimes the first day of free agency, your hopes and dreams go down the drain. Yep.
2: Yeah, then that's why that's where you take that risk in dynasty leagues of trading before the free agency and the draft. I mean, yeah, we don't know that the Packers won't draft back either in the second round this year and do but something. They so. still
0: have Tyler Irvin too. That's where I wondered. You know, does he become? You know, is it? I would still have more special teams or pass catching. You know, does it still so. end up being kind of a three player and the series that they give Aaron Jones a rest? It's Dylan twice into the center of the line and then Tyler Irvin.
2: I would think no, but I guess you can't. You can't put it past him. But or that think guy that they drafted
0: special. at uh, tight end, H back last year, Dagura. <sighs> Oh
2: yeah. Yes. Uh, I think uh, Felix brought him up when we talked about the Cams to Canton podcast. So yeah, I'm not, I'm really not worried about those two, but again, and Dylan, you're right. We weren't hyping him up. And that is, as, as I mentioned, kind of one of the, the risks you take when you make a trade that early into free agency and the NFL draft, a lot of values can change and then values can still change. Doesn't matter where, you know, we have yet to see where a, a Kenny Galladay signs right now, his value could completely change based on whomever else they may sign wherever he goes or the draft. So there's still a lot of a lot of de- uh, moving parts definitely right now. Cam Newton was the next one signed uh, yesterday as well. I do not think this is a bad deal. Um, one year, $14 million with the Patriots. I'll let you go first on this one. Thoughts on Cam Newton?
0: Well, quick, quick question for you. Do you think the Patriots draft a quarterback? Because I kind of felt like this is the signing you make if you're going to draft somebody. Yes.
2: So I, I when I was on uh, the Camps to Camp podcast, now I did not think Cam Newton, uh, but I did bring up, I didn't think it'd be a bad spot for him to go back to because we we heard all the talk and I didn't think that those were, that was just those two like
1: mm-hmm.
2: trying to play nice and Cam talking about how much he respected Bill. And Bill saying the same thing about Cam. Like Bill was very forthcoming about how he loved cam wanted cam back and i think the one thing we overlooked and i know we talked about it last week was he signed two weeks before the season with no real practice time no obviously uh preseason games then he got covid
0: halfway no through offensive the year players to to. yeah
2: like we're all talking about how bad Cam Newton was, but how much of that was just due to, it was just a horrible year from coming off a serious surgery as well with arm issues and leg issues. Like there was not a lot of things in Cam Newton's favor last year. And for them to say they liked what he did so much last year to bring him back, I think just speaks to, him being able to bounce back a little bit, I still think he's going to be. I mean, I, I think when i looked at the thing, he still finishes like QB 17 or 18. Now, obviously, some of that was because he of the rushing had some touchdowns. Pretty
0: impressive, yeah. He rushed for 592 and 12 rushing TZs. His passing numbers were, was, were horrible. Uh, you know, 2,500 ATDs, 10 INTs, but. I you know, the more I thought about it and looked at it, which especially since we're we'll talk about the the next signing for the Patriots. Do you know last year their three top tight ends combined only had 32 targets? I mean, Ryan Izzo was their number one tight end, 20 targets, 13 receptions for 199. Those two rookies they brought in combined for I think it was five for fifty-five and a touchdown on 12 targets. They they did not have a lot of weapons. Edelman yep. got hurt. You know, they're throwing to to people you hadn't heard of that combined with a lot of other factors, not to mention the offensive line. And we've seen Patriots go out there working on rebuilding the line. Obviously they yeah. lost Tuney and they traded cannon that hurts, but they got Trent Brown back. We know that's a priority. And it seems like they're making a move to improve the defense. They, they signed a bunch of defensive players today. They were probably the most aggressive team signing defense. And then they went out and signed Johnny Smith, which we'll get to. So I think, Cam Newton's is a veteran guy. I figure they're going to draft somebody. It's not a huge money or length commitment. Probably better to have the familiar than to talk about trying to break somebody else in if you're trying yeah. to reboot quickly, which it seems like the Patriots are not trying to tear it down and and start over. They're trying to get back to the playoffs as quickly as possible.
2: So I mean I agree with him not having any weapons. Obviously, Matt just mentioned they signed Jonu Smith, and and I'm not saying that they won't go get a quarterback. But I I I certainly am not going to write off Cam Newton. I'm just not. He he won an MVP. He was still very good in Carolina a year and a half ago before he got hurt. Before he got replaced by was it Kyle Allen and was it PJ was that PJ Walker year as well? Right?
0: No, it was Kyle Allen and uh, Will Greer. Will Greer,
2: that's right. So I, I'm not writing off cam, but I do think they draft a quarterback. Now, what I thought that the Patriots might do when I talked about it on that podcast was I thought they might get like a Fitzpatrick or a Dalton and then draft. Um, Mac Jones seems to be kind of, I think Mac Jones fits that offense very well. he seems to be the one out of the five, I think will fall at least to right around there picking. So I still think that they go quarterback if they don't, I mean, we'll see what they do next year. I mean, there's still a lot of really good quarterbacks in that draft. But I, I'm for one, like I said, I for one, I'm not riding off Cam. I think uh, he's got at least one good year left. I would not draft. I don't think Kyle Trask is a starting quarterback. I think he's he's going to be a very solid backup. Uh, he's not one that I'd be that high on uh, being a starter. But hey, I mean. Uh, Bill Belichick says all you got to do is distribute the ball and uh, I can't do that. So maybe they do draft him to be their quarterback, but John Smith is next up on the list. He was the big signing earlier this morning, yep. four years, $50 million with the Patriots. I actually said this again. I'm just going to keep referencing that podcast. Cause I, I, we were talked. I talked a lot on there about a lot of these players and, This was a spot I thought Jonu would be great fitting in, and that happened. Now, the outside one was the Panthers I thought would just be a great fit with that offensive scheme. But the Patriots, I mean, I think it's really a home run hit. I know a lot of people are kind of saying, oh, well, all the Jonu truthers are going to come out and say great for him and his fantasy value, and maybe you're right. I do love Jonu. I think he's got a ton of talent, and we've seen it in spurts at Tennessee – New England is a team that we've seen in the past willing to commit to their tight end and use them in multiple ways in the offense. You know, I do as much as I don't think Josh McDaniels is a good head coach. I do think he is a good offensive coordinator, you know, and, and I go back to what he not. He wasn't there, obviously, but what they were able to do with Aaron Hernandez and and Rob Gronkowski in that offense and bringing in a guy like Johnny, who's just a pure athlete. At the tight end position, I think right now, outside of Edelman, and even Edelman, who's getting up there in age, he brings them probably their best weapon in the passing game. I think John is in for a big year. We've seen years with Greg Olson and Cam paired together. Those guys have had really good years. Yeah. So I like the landing spot for Johnu, even if Cam Newton's not there next year, just moving forward because of what he can do in that offense.
0: Well, and we've talked about before, the bar to get to tight end one, especially low end tight end one, isn't incredibly high. And they had to do something. You know, Johnny Smith was behind Delaney Walker for a couple of years. Last year we thought, you know, might get a big uh, breakout. There's just not a high volume of pass attempts and consistency in Tennessee. He had probably a better year than we realized. It just came in in big stacks and spurts. 65 targets was a career high he caught 41 balls went for 448 those are all career highs eight touchdowns i mean those are some pretty good numbers if he uh, you know it it ended up with tennessee that it seemed like he was a lot of short yardage and goal line looks but that can be great for your tight end for fantasy if he's a guy that, that they're targeting inside the red zone and clearly the patriots one of their big problems Last season with Cam in there was they didn't have any big feature targets to go to in the red zone. That's why you saw them suiciding their quarterback into the line so many times in key plays. I think because <laughs> you, if you're looking at that passing game, who are you? Who are you going to? I think they're not done making moves, but I like the John who signing even better, knowing that Cam was there because of the things yeah. you talked about. You know, We saw for several years in Carolina, and I know they said that his MVP was a long time ago. It was five years ago when Carolina was in the Super Bowl in 2015 against the Broncos. He and Greg Olson always were a great pairing. He's somebody that likes to use a big athletic tight end. I think the Patriots are going to find a way to use Johnny Smith. But I also don't think they're done, whether it be in the draft or free agency. I think they're going for a receiver. We've heard Curtis Samuel bandied about That would make even more sense now that you've brought Cam back because he has some history with Cam down there in Carolina. He's a versatile weapon that we talked about before who would fit the different kind of things they like to do on offense. You get Julian Edelman back. Then it starts to maybe look a little bit better. Will they commit more to Damian Harris, who we liked as a running back? Will he get more of an opportunity to kind of shine? There's a lot of questions. It seems like they're reshaping that running back room too. It doesn't look like James White is going to be back. Not sure what they're going to do with Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead. Looks like they're kind of, you know, maybe they needed to see Cam and figure out how to to rework the offense a little bit to get some different players. Um, but I like generally they're they're being very aggressive, and we already know they have a pretty phenomenal coaching staff.
2: Yeah. So uh, I do want to mention a couple moves just that are I think good for the overall teams and offensive linemen. And I was trying to find out who the Chiefs signed again. Was it Thune? Joe, Joe it? Yeah. yeah, Joe Thune.
0: Thune. Thune, Thune.
2: Yeah. I don't
0: know how to say I'm horrible I, with names. But pronouncing's not what we're doing.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that uh, obviously helped the the Chiefs. They got rid of their two tackles, as we talked about last week. Uh, but bringing in Thune to come out a little bit. And then one that I really like is the Chargers just about an hour ago bringing all-pro center Corey Lindsley. Lindsley which I think is another great uh, great uptick that for them on their offensive line. going to help out Herbert and, obviously, Eckler as well in the running game. So I thought those two were big. Uh, the next one, which is kind of tied together, is late last night. We got to the Instagram post that Drew Brees is retiring from the NFL. Uh, we'll discuss him in a minute because then they re- redid Taysom Blue, giving him what – Technically, it turns out to be a four-year extension for $140 million. However, they can get out of it at any point in time, which I thought found interesting. And there are obviously a lot of rumors that they want to bring James Winston back as well. So you are by far, if anybody follows you on sees that you are the Taysom Hill fan account. So what is your thoughts on uh, Taysom Hill here getting the extension and what this means for his future in New Orleans?
0: I mean, I think 2021 is uh, the big year for uh, Hill and everything. I fully expect them to go and bring Jameis Winston back. That seems like what they've uh, talked about uh, wanting to do. Um, And they were really careful. I know there's a lot of people that are saying, well, Jameis Winston's just coming in to be the starter. They didn't turn to him when they could have last year. They wanted to get a look at Hill. And they were very quick to say today they want to bring him back and it will be a competition. And I think that's true. You probably will potentially see both of them. I like Taysom Hill. I think he's a good fit in that offense. I think we saw him do some good things. I don't know if he's the long-term answer. They don't either. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of a short uh, deal with an out with Jameis Winston too. I think they're going to go for it in 2021 because they have a relatively good core of players and they've got two quarterbacks that know the system that have competed and they're going to see what happens if Taysom Hill ends up playing at an all pro level and getting him into the playoffs. I could see him staying there. They'll probably rework that deal again. I don't think he ends up getting 140 million for the yeah. next four years after this. I think that was kind of a little bit of a procedural cap, cap move, but I wouldn't be surprised too if the Saints end up drafting a quarterback later in the draft too to give themselves some options. Sean Payton's a guy that's always thinking ahead and always kind of trying to figure out, what's going to be best and what's going to be the most successful for him. That's probably the most successful path. I'll miss Drew Brees. I think he's a surefire Hall of Fame player. I also think we saw toward the down stretch of the season, especially in the playoffs, that it was, it was time.
2: Yeah, uh I'm with you. And it's it tough to see him go, you know, we've we've been on this podcast, I think like, at least the past two years, picking him to make the Super Bowl, uh, because we were hoping he'd get one more run in. They had a really good team and it just didn't happen for him. It does It does something go, but it just kind of felt like time. I mean, he didn't look like the Drew Brees of old, really, these past few games, and that playoff game just it looked bad out there. And I don't know how much of that was just the injuries and the arms adding up or what, but I'm with you. First shot for for sure Hall of Famer. There's no no doubt about it. Walk in Hall of Famer first year on the ballot, so. Excited to see him in the speech that he gives. I think he's always given really good speeches when it's come to certain things, how, how important family is to him. I think it's good. I believe he is that he walks right into the NBC booth, right? Is that what was that came out earlier? I think it was NBC. He's going to work
0: with the uh, football night in America team.
2: So I'm interested to see how that works. You know, I haven't seen him at all do any kind of TV stuff, so I'm, I'm curious to see how he works on there. But if he's anything, you know, with the with a mind that he has going into a booth like that, I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch. So I'm, I'm excited for Breeze and, you know, intrigued to see what happens with the Saints moving forward. You know, I am not as big uh, believers in Taysom Hill as you are. I, I don't know that James Winston's the answer either. We didn't really see him last year, and I don't know. If that was by design or why, but uh, I'm I'm definitely interested to see what happens. I still think the Saints have a very good team. Obviously, they've got Michael Thomas, Troutman, Alvin Kamara. I believe Murray is still there for one more year in the running back room with Kamara. You know, we'll see if they add any wide receivers uh, to to the mix there to play with Thomas. Because really, outside of Thomas, I don't trust any of those guys uh, on the roster. So we, you know, you yeah, can definitely- say.
0: They'll definitely have to add something. You know, I know yeah. they made the dad to make the cost saving maneuver, but we're on, what is it? Year four or five of waiting for the Drake one Smith breakout. I'm not, yeah. I'm not believing it's happening.
2: Yeah. Um, and I mean, the one thing you can't take away if you're a Thomas owner, if, if Hill does get the start, he still had some very good games with Hill. So it's not like his, the one that we saw the value go down on the most is Kamara. So I guess if you're a Kamara owner, you may not be too happy right now, but I think you get that. Was it the last game he had with Hill? I think he he had that really good game.
0: It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't too bad. I think part of it is a couple of those games they were winning kind of in walkovers. The biggest probably threat to Kamara with Hill in there is losing out on goal line rushing opportunities and the passing volume. Um, You know, we didn't get enough of a sample to see if they could work that out, um, especially – that game they were playing against Denver was sort of an, an offensive atrocity on both sides, yeah. since the Broncos didn't have a quarterback. That that game's almost an entire write-off. Hill only started four games, so it's not like you had a huge sample to draw from.
2: Uh, Rondale Moore would be a um, great fit in that offense, with the way that uh, Peyton designs offenses. If all, in all honesty. If I had my pick, uh, Moore or Waddle, I think would just fit wonderfully in that offense with everything they can do in the rushing game as well. I think, uh, And the way that Peyton schemes players, uh, I think both those guys would be amazing fits. If they could get either one of them, Moore probably seems to be the guy that I think would fall further in the draft than Waddle would though. Or Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore's got really good speed as well. uh, So I think he could be a really good fit. Last but not least, and we just wanted to touch on this. I, I sent out a tweet earlier about it, but you've got to be careful when it comes to what people tweet and who you're trusting with these tweets. We saw a massive uh, little blow-up on Twitter for a couple hours about DJ Chark and him losing his value. And you, we might have, you. I don't know, there could have been people who made trades in between that time because they were panicking and trying to get rid of Chark on a rumor base that he was going to get traded to Baltimore uh, for Orlando Brown uh, from the, uh, from Baltimore, oh my goodness, Orlando Brown from Baltimore to Jacksonville for DJ Chark and a couple picks. And that may be true. I can't say that it's not, but obviously the Jacksonville, I believe it's the president of football operations, or something came out and said, not true, absolutely false, underneath a Baltimore verified account that said, we have not heard these rumors, but because it's getting so much steam, we are going to just put it out there that we have heard the rumors. So you just have to be careful yeah. with who you watch right now. There's, As Matt mentioned off air, uh, there's a lot of the fake Schefters running around who is always trying to tweet stuff, just as I put on the trust, but verify, because – you don't want to take anything into account, and it does make you look a little bit foolish at times. If, if you tweet that out or you say, "Oh hey, everybody, go do whatever you can with Chark," like a lot of people were doing, and it's just it wasn't true, and, and that that's just so you got to be careful with that stuff because, you know, I, I mean, number one, it was we talked about it in our group our our, our, our group chat. It's a horrible trade, so I don't know why anybody was looking at that and being like, "That makes a lot of sense." Like, I mean, it was great for Orlando Brown. <laughs> And I the guess Jaguars, but
0: it didn't make, you read right. It didn't totally make sense for either team. Cause I don't know that Chark is the answer to the Baltimore Ravens yeah. passing question, but also for a team that's seemingly focused on rebuilding up its offensive line. So it can have a power running game again. It didn't make sense for them to trade their left tackle.
2: Yeah. So I, I was just like, I don't, I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I will say on the Baltimore thing, why I could see it, although I still don't think that that's a a realistic trade is from what I've read is that Orlando Brown wants out of Baltimore uh, because oh. he did play left tackle this year because Stanley went down and got hurt and he played so good that he wants to play left tackle now exclusively. He doesn't want to go back to right tackle. Obviously, you probably get more money. I would think once you get the free agent market playing left tackle. And I did see a – I can't remember who. It was a verified person on Twitter, though, that said that Baltimore was going to possibly look at trading him because they wanted to give him his he, – he asked to be traded and they were going to oblige him because they were getting Stanley back. But still – trading a guy who then proved he could play left tackle, who's on a rookie deal as well for DJ Charkin. You would have to likely give up. A, like we've seen first round. We've seen tackles give first round picks. Well, unless the Jack giving up like next year's first round pick, they're not giving up the one, one to get Orlando Brown. So I believe they I just, have
0: two first round picks.
2: I don't think they're giving up. Who is it? Is it Houston's right? Is it Houston's? No, Miami Houston has, it has. Miami. I oh th- yeah, yeah. I Miami the- has Houston. That's right. Yeah, I,
0: don't I don't know. thought the draft had a little up in front of me first. I'll
2: go look. I guess you could. I just, I don't know. It the trade didn't make much sense to me outside of Jacksonville. Jacksonville getting Orlando Brown makes sense because he can slide right in and play left tackle for him. But you're you're having to give up. I mean, what? Uh, now, granted, we when you look back now at what Houston has done, uh, some of their trends really don't make any sense. But I believe they gave up two first round picks to get Tunzel. And I would say right now with the way Brown played last year, he's better than Tunsil. So I, I don't know.
0: Let's see where the Jacks. I know that they have two. I got to find. I believe hey, you're right. Because... Twenty twenty-five. 25. They got it from the 25. Rams. I forgot Ramsey.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Rams yeah, yeah. It was like so long ago that that, that trade happened. So
0: but the Rams are not going to have a first round pick probably for the rest of our lifetime, unless they move on from Sean McVay. So,
2: Hey, I hope that doesn't happen. I need, I need him in the league. It makes me better. So I, I need that to happen. So, yeah, we just wanted to give everybody a warning. Just, just likely going to be more and more, especially with, you know, we haven't seen Kenny Galladay sign yet, Marvin Jones. I don't think we've really seen any of the wide receivers sign, have we? Uh,
0: no, Andre Roberts signed with Houston. That's cool.
2: I know I saw the uh, page. I saw a bunch of news that the Patriots were looking to sign a high-end wide receiver. And the next tweet I saw was they're in talks with Kendrick Bourne. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a high-end wide receiver. So I'm going to keep on, keep on moving here. So, all right, last last thing we're going to talk about today is the tight ends. We have not had a chance to talk about where we thought that they might go or where the best fits with them would be in free agency. Obviously, John who is the only one who is signed as of right now. So the next highest guy on the list would be Hunter Henry. Uh, obviously was with the Chargers, did not get the franchise tag. I'll let you kick it off. Where is it you think Henry would go? Where's the best fit?
0: So my favorite landing spot for him before uh, today was I thought he would be a decent fit for the Patriots because I thought they were, they needed to make an upgrade at tight end. Obviously they went and got John O Smith. I still, you know, Henry has said he's not ruling out a return to the Chargers. I still think that wouldn't be a bad spot. He had a really good season last year. Uh, staying on the field, um, staying healthy. I I think that's an emerging offense. You also have to wonder, you know, is a team like Tennessee going to go try to get a more proven veteran tight end pass catching (laughs) option? Um, You could see him going there. It feels, uh, you know, Colts wouldn't be a bad spot, although they're rumored to be linked uh, to to trading for the guy that's next on our list. Um, But wherever Henry goes, I think he's the the biggest free agent option still left out there. So teams that don't think they're going to get a Kyle Pitts in the draft or, um, something else are probably looking at Hunter Henry. And I would imagine he signs here in the next week or two.
2: Yeah. Henry was, uh, I talked about him and John New both obviously being very good fits for the Patriots, as you mentioned. And I think going back to the chargers makes a lot of sense. Uh, one of my good friends, Felix Sharp, says that he actually thinks that's the best spot for him to go back to. And it would make some sense. I mean, he had have a good year last year. Would, you know, would the year that he had maybe pay – I just don't know what kind of money he's going to get because he hasn't stayed healthy for yeah. a whole season. Because a team that I would love to see him go to, uh, the biggest issue with that is they never really seem to pay anybody in free agency is Cincinnati. Like, I think he'd be a great fit in that offense um, Everybody keeps putting Kyle Pitts there with whatever pick they have. I know they pick early. I think it's seven or something. six. Six. Everybody's putting Pitts there. I I mean, if you could get a Hunter Henry and save pick six to, again, upgrade your offensive line. And we know Hunter Henry is a very good blocker as well. Uh, I mean, I think that'd be a great fit there. But my biggest thing is Cincinnati doesn't really pay for it. So I don't know if that's realistic.
0: Yeah, and Cincinnati being linked to Kyle Pitts, I sort of get that idea because it seems like a tight end would help them. I think it depends. The real wild cards we've talked about is the Jets in this draft. If they don't go quarterback, which in all the mocks where they have a quarterback, I think you see Penny Sewell going to the Bengals because that seems like the spot that that's going to happen. If the Jets don't go quarterback and they've been rumored to be thinking about building around Darnold, I think they take Sewell because they also have offensive line issue, in which case – at pick six is the second best tackle or a guard worth it, or do you take a playmaker? I think that's where you see some of the mocks that have them. And that, neither would surprise me if they sign Hunter Henry. They definitely probably aren't. You know that would, although that would be the most Bengals option to sign Hunter Henry and then draft a tight end. You know yeah. to complement your receivers you already have.
2: So I know everybody keeps talking about the Jags needing a tight end, and they do. My biggest fear is I don't know if they're going to use the tight end as an offensive weapon like a Hunter Henry and John who can be. I honestly think that tight ends are going to be more of like what the Browns are doing right now and keeping those guys as inline blockers more often than not. So. I don't know, and if I Henry could see them fit.
0: going for one of the kind of cheaper later veterans. Maybe yeah. getting another rookie. There, there's still questions about whether we're ever going to see Josh Oliver develop.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think who else is on there because they lost O'Shaughnessy, didn't
0: they? They? Ha- they had Eifert, who is a free agent again. He's potentially oh, yeah, on this list. Right. You know, does he end up going back? He stayed relatively healthy and was a decent contributor. But Jacksonville, to me, you know. Seems more like a kind of Kyle Rudolph type option. You know, they're looking yeah, for mean, somebody who's a veteran presence because they're going to be a, a pretty young skill position offense no matter what they do. It seems like because they're big stars, they're returning. Chark's not been there forever. LaVisca Chennault's going into year two. James yeah. Robinson's going into year two. They're going to have a most likely a rookie quarterback or and a combination of him and Minshew. So I think getting a more established veteran, that that seems to be the way they've gone in, in years past too.
2: And so PJ here says Everett to the Bengals. I actually think Everett would be a great fit in Jacksonville because That's- of how good. As a run block as well, and you're right, he will be cheaper. Uh, so I think he would be a good fit there. Jacksonville use him more as a blocking tight end. They could use him down in the red zone, which I think would help Lawrence obviously as well. But yeah, I just I don't I know a lot of people wanted Janu or Hunter Henry to go to the Jags, and I just don't think they're going to use those guys offensively the way we want them to in fantasy. So would not in my opinion be the greatest fit with with the offense that I know. Urban likes to run next up is Zach Ertz with the Eagles. Obviously all the talk is they want to get, uh, they want him trade, not want him traded, but they're asking for a third or fourth round pick because of the contract. Ertz kind of seems one out and one out in Philly. We've talked about it a couple times on this podcast. You know, I know a lot of people talked about it after we were one of the few teams, or I was one of the first people to say, I thought uh, Wentz going to the Colts would be a great deal for both of them. Before it came out, they were going to trade Wentz. It was before, we even got to the end of the season. I think it was the first game that Hurts, uh, Hurts started, and we thought if, if they ended up playing good and they trade where would he go? The Colts always seemed to be the best fit to me. I think it would be a great fit for Ertz as well. I mean, those two had yeah. a really good relationship when they played together, and they the Colts are missing a big play tight end like Zach Ertz. They have the cap room. If they wanted to, I think they could easily give up a – I mean, in my opinion, they won win the Wentz trade. They did not give up enough for that. I'm sure they could figure out a way to f- just make it a fourth-round pick for Wentz – I'm sorry, for Ertz and get Ertz back there with Wentz.
0: Yeah, and I think the Eagles need not only – are ready to move on from Ertz, Um, you know, and they still have Goddard, but I think cap, cap wise, they need to be able to make a move and, and make some moves there. And I I think Ertz going there would be a really great fit. Um, That's probably the best fit. The real question too is going to be, can they work out a trade or, you know, is Indianapolis going to try to wait wait it out and see if Philly outright cuts Ertz, which has been any discussion as well. Um, because Philly is a team we have not seen them do much of anything to get their cap situation under control. And post that Wentz trade, they are in some, some cap trouble.
2: Uh, so... I'm intrigued by this and also very upset because as a Browns fan, this is one of the players that was hoping they, they did get LJ Johnson, who I think is a really good uh, safety. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe looks like he is going to the Raiders, so that is uh, an interesting, interesting fit for an already decent defensive line. They just beefed that up a little bit more. So,
0: uh, didn't they just bring in Gus Bradley? Didn't Ngakwe play with Gus Bradley before? Yes, yes. So. You know, that
2: is a uh, very interesting. Oh wow!
0: I've seen them say it's a very going to be a very pressure-packed uh, off-season for Mike Mayock um, because the Raiders have made some progress, but we've talked about how they've kind of collapsed yeah. uh, with not quite enough pieces in a stretch run to the playoffs the last couple of years. Gruden signed that ten-year contract. And it's kind of the bigger the bigger name. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rumblings. If the Raiders don't get to the playoffs this year, they're going to be front office changes. So I would not be surprised to see them being aggressive and free agency in the draft. All
2: right. So a couple more tight ends to talk about Rob Gronkowski. um yeah, just <laughs> the bucks make the most sense. I don't, I don't see him. Go well, anywhere. I think there's
0: zero chance. He goes somewhere that Brady isn't. Yeah.
2: So I don't don't think there's much else to say. I think it's bucks or bust. I think I'd be, I'd love to see him go somewhere else, but I just, I feel like it's, it's got, it's going to be the bucks. So
0: I think he comes Uh, back and definitely goes to the bucks. The question probably, what do they end up doing with OJ Howard? Do they keep him or does that become a guy that becomes available? Yeah. Robert Tanyan,
2: what are your thoughts on him? Obviously, had that breakout year with the Packers. Uh, they still do and need a tight end, so it's a
0: restricted free agent. So um, they'll probably tender him at something. You could see a team that really is desperate for a tight end try to make a run. Depends what they tender him at. Um, he was a, I believe he's an undrafted free agent
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that they brought in. So you know, if they tender him at original round or uh, offer matching, that's kind of the lowest level. Um, you could see a team making a run at him, but I think he fits pretty well. And it does seem like the Green Bay offseason so far has been getting the weapons Aaron needs to get out of the NFC Championship game and into the Super Bowl. I think that had to have had a big impact on the Aaron Jones signing, too, because we heard Roger say several times he wanted him back. He was very important to him. You know, I think they yeah. want to keep the core intact.
2: Uh, next up, Jordan Reed, we saw him sign with the 49ers last year and, and did get some run once George Kittle got hurt. Did he do enough to, uh, go back to the 49ers or possibly get a job somewhere else?
0: I mean, he could be a sneaky option for the Bengals Cause you're not talking about a yeah. lot of big money, but you are talking about a guy that kind of reestablished himself as a pretty decent passing weapon. The question for him is always, can he stay on the field? Going back to backing up Kittle wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Obviously, fits pretty well with um, Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme. But I do think we saw enough flashes that somebody would take a chance on him. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it'll be... I, I do think if the 49ers can't get anybody else, he'd be good to bring back there because we do, know, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit with Kit. I love Kittle, but he plays the time position like a linebacker. And so that, that doesn't necessarily lead uh, to him being healthy all the time. So he would not be a bad fit for Cincinnati either. I think uh, if he can stay healthy, Jordan Reed has shown, he's still got a little bit left. He doesn't quite look like uh, a, an Antonio Gates out there toward the end of his prime, where he's really just going to, post up in the end zone really quick. Jordan Reed still got a little bit of run left in those legs. So the last three tight ends here, Kyle Rudolph, Jared Cook, Tyler Eifert. Do you think any of these guys have any fantasy relevance in 2021?
0: If I had to bet on one of them, I still think Kyle Rudolph ends up playing somewhere. He wasn't bad with the Vikings last year. I think that was more of a cost-cutting move and them recognizing they wanted to get Irv Smith the ball more. That's why, you know, one of these teams that doesn't want to splash out a lot that also doesn't need a huge high-profile you know high profile weapon, he could end up going there. I think Jared Cook, he's an older player. He seemed like he was kind of breaking down and fading out at the end of last year. I think he may be done. Eifert, so many injuries. He had so much promise. He didn't have a bad season with Jacksonville. You know, you could even see him potentially going back there uh, again. Uh, but he's not the – to me, he's not the best bet either.
2: All right, so just to recap really quick, um, wide receivers I mean, should, could possibly be a very big next couple days. Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, Nelson Aguilar, Antonio Brown, Marvin Jones Jr., All have yet to sign. In fact, I have not seen anything reported about any of those guys even being close to a deal. Uh, The only things I have seen is Kenny Galladay is between the 14 to 16 a year range and that Juju Smith-Schuster apparently told his teammates he's likely not coming back. Outside of that, we have not seen anything. I haven't. Have you seen anything on any of those guys?
0: No, kind of. I think Juju's uh, news kind of gives you an indication that maybe the Steelers told him we don't have the money and we're not even going to try. Um, but I always thought he was potentially going to get a bigger offer. I think Galladay is the first domino to fall there, unless the Patriots sign a uh, blockbuster with Kendrick Bourne. I think uh, Galladay's probably the first to sign, and I s- I saw a couple of people throwing shade, but it makes sense to me that he would want to sit back. Get all the offers he and see them, yeah. and then pick a place. Because for wide receivers like that, especially a guy that plays as physical as him, this is probably his big contract for his career. I don't know why everybody's. I you know i I wouldn't be in a rush if it's me. I mean, in the NBA offseason, the last few years, we've seen often LeBron James not the first guy to sign. Yeah. He's several players in because he's weighing his options, seeing what's best for him and his career. Makes total sense to me that Galladay, I just, for the big kind of top end of the wide receivers, I think that's going to be the first domino because I would bet a lot of similar teams are putting out feelers to Galladay and Juju Smith Schuster and Will Fuller and some of these guys trying to figure out, you know, where is your range? Who can we get? Who ends up going where? I do have to say there's persistent rumors about Galladay that the Ravens are pursuing him. And that would sort of bum me out. I have to be honest.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't love it either. The only thing, uh, if I'm looking on the bright side, being someone who has a lot of shares of and just like Gallaudet is a player. I mean, he does have that massive wingspan. So even when Lamar maybe isn't throwing the most accurate passes, Gallaudet can still probably catch him. So I, I would yeah. look at that. And I mean, he does definitely give him an option in the shorter area of the field outside of Mark Andrews, it seems to be like the only one who doesn't just like run 50 yards down the field, uh, like Hollywood Brown. There really seemed to be the only two options Lamar looks for. So I'm with you. I would not love that spot for Kenny Galladay. It would still, I wouldn't drop him much, but I probably would drop him a couple of spots in my rankings just because of that, because I don't love the spot. But I'm going to be honest, a lot of the spots that I've been seeing him linked to don't inspire a lot of confidence in the Patriots or the Eagles either. I'm not thrilled with either one of those. But I do agree with what you just said. I mean, he's been injured the past couple of years. I honestly think he could have come back this year. I think some of it was um, – just he was banged up, and he knew the. I, I think he knew the Detroit Lions weren't going to give him a deal, and so it's one of those things. Of why do I go out there and risk my body when I've got a chance that this is probably his one shot at getting the massive contract? So, I'm with you. I sit back and I would talk if I if I were him and his representation. I'm talking to every single NFL team, getting the best deal possible because he may not get another deal, and and to get the best guaranteed money as well. Because if he gets hurt again. We've seen the way NFL uh, teams do their contracts at times, and they could void void a lot of that money, and then Kenny Gallon may never get paid again. And I think he's a really good wide receiver. So, if I were him, there's no reason. None of this can become official till Wednesday anyway. So, there's no reason to rush it at this point. So, yeah. And I mean, really, you don't. I, I mean, outside, of, I guess, if you're just itching to make a fantasy football trade, there's really no reason to get the information right now either. There's no, nothing that's going to change between now and Wednesday that could. That could hurt you. So that will do it. I was hoping maybe something would come across while we're doing doing the show, but it looks like just the Yannick and Gakway, which isn't official yet, but that they are moving closer and closer to a deal. So Matt and myself will be back with Dennis on Thursday. We'll probably recap any other news uh, that has happened through free agency, and then I don't really know what else we'll talk about. We'll figure something out.
0: Well, hopefully by then uh- – we will have had a few massive deals because that's three more days. I think the first day of the legal tampering period is always a little, a little bit of slow, but Wednesday should be pretty big. Tomorrow will be pretty big.
2: Yeah. Once we we get those big deals then maybe we'll start talking some NFL draft stuff because we'll have a little bit idea then of what teams need now more after they've already addressed some of their needs in free agency. So we will definitely be back on Thursday though. Maybe one little, even though dennis is not going to care of of winter soldier and uh falcon we'll
0: throw we'll throw dennis big bone we'll we'll do a little idp you know we'll look at a couple of the big defensive signings that makes more sense when he's here
2: yeah we'll, we'll we'll do that i know he did just do that uh big idp i don't know if their draft is finished yet or not but we can talk to him about that stuff and then well, that way, get him happy and satisfied. And then we can talk a little Falcon and Winter Soldiers. That comes out on uh, Friday, which.
0: Yes. And Justice I mean, League will already be out. But Justice League. See, comes out that's Thursday. the
2: bad thing for Justice League. I didn't even think about it. I know some people don't care, but March Madness starts Friday, too. So, like, I can squeeze a 30 minute episode of, of Winter Soldier and the Falcon in. Four hours of Justice League in between a lot of basketball is not easy to pull off. So, I might have to put that on the back. But I will say I'm hearing amazing things From from the Music City driving group It seems like everybody loves it So I'm excited to watch it Ricky and
0: Jacob loved it We talked about it a little bit this morning I I have an appointment to have both uh, The front and rear brakes of my wife's car Done on Thursday so I'm taking the iPad And it'll be a toss up Do I finish four and a half hours of Justice League Or do they finish the brakes first
2: You know I bet you're hoping That you're able to finish the movie Before they get through the brakes But you know I am. That is a long time to sit there, but you know, hey, it is what it is. It's like I said. I, I've heard a lot of people talk about how good it is. I can't wait because I was one of the few people who probably didn't think the first Justice League was horrible. Obviously, there were things yeah, I wish they had either. done different, but it wasn't horrible. So I'm excited to see what what Snyder does with it. But. All that being said, Matt, myself, and Dennis will be back on Thursday to recap all of that. So until then, everybody have a great day and enjoy uh, the new league year starting up on Wednesday.
0: Prepare
1: for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honest. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me, Godly. Over oh, they tackle at the point guard. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.